0: Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome back to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. Today, my guest is Vanessa Prince. Vanessa is an international board certified lactation consultant and the owner of VP Lactation. Her private practice is, does home visiting, and she is located in the western suburbs. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. No problem. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and the ages and if you would like the names of your children? Sure.
1: Um, so I'm Vanessa Prince and my oldest is Vander. Um, he is 14 years old. And then I have three daughters, Callista, who's 11, Fiona, who is nine, and Keller, who just turned eight a few days ago.
0: Wow. So you've got quite the busyness of middle school happening and is the 14 year old going into high school this year he is yeah oh wow so that's how's big he feeling about that
1: he, he's super excited I think he's very ready and he our high school is huge so he'll have a thousand around a thousand kids in his class and he like couldn't be more excited to just meet more people and expand his horizons and he's he's plays in a band and he's looking for a singer. So he's like, can't wait to have all those options
0: <laughs> <laughs> to have a whole plethora of school yes. people to choose from. So then yes. the 11 year old is the 11 year old starting sixth grade then, or right. she goes, she's going into sixth. And so for us,
1: that's still, um, that's still elementary school. It's her last year. And then she'll be junior high next year.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So just one big transition. And then it looks right. like maybe like a third grader and a fifth grader or a third grader and fourth. Yeah, Third and fourth. Great. Wow. So busy. The girls are
1: 23 months apart, but the way their birthdays fall two are one year apart and, and the other two are two years.
0: Got it. Got it. If you had to describe your parenting style, what would it be?
1: I would say, you know, the generally like firm, but gentle. Um, So I don't know, like technical term, I think it might be authoritative. So I have firm, you know, firm, boundaries and things that i try to set with the kids especially just because there's four of them we have to have like rules in place and processes and i'm very type a so i have a lot of you know like processes and things in place to just kind of make things run Um, but i'm also i'm sort of a softy you know like i tend to be gentle and in some ways maybe a little bit of a pushover so i rely on my husband to come in and be the heavy sometimes (laughs) Um, but i would say like firm but gentle they know that I'm the boss, but you know, like I also try to be very loving with them.
0: (laughs) Of course. Um, I'm sure with four, you have to have a pretty busy calendar. So probably being type A serves that pretty well just to be able to keep everything straight.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's, I think my, my personal strength is my organization. So I've always been, I'm the oldest of three girls and I've always been kind of like the organizer and take charge kind of gal. So that is, I think it does really help me with, with them being older. It's all just managing the calendar They're They all have their activities and just, it's a logistics game of like, who needs to be where, when, and who's covering. So my husband and I very much divide and conquer. And it's a lot of, at this stage, it's just chauffeuring pretty much. Like we have one at the home base and one is
0: the chauffeur. And sometimes
1: we both have to chauffeur. So oh, I could imagine
0: like, yeah. because it seems <laughs> like every act, school activities the same day as something else right so there's so many right. things to try there's to a do. lot of
1: conflicts and then yeah so usually we try to we have carpools. so that helps a lot um it takes a village for sure um so between carpools and then you know trying to have um like you know just pick one up drop the other off and just organize it so that it can all there can usually just be one driver doing all the all the transitions so it's pretty chaotic. Our yeah, it, weekdays are a little it insane. It sounds like
0: it. So, how do you feel about <laughs> school starting then again? It sounds like for you in about you know a few weeks.
1: Yeah, um, I, 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 it's bittersweet. You know, it's nice that, that having a little more relaxed schedule where the kids they can stay up a little later. I don't have to worry about like getting everyone up and going as early. They can ease into the day. So it's it's relaxed, and we've been able to do a lot of fun things. But I always look forward to the structure of the school year and just knowing it's just hard with work too, because, you know, like when during the summer I have childcare, but the kids are in and out all day long and, you know, and I'm often in and out and it's just so much chaos. Whereas in the summer or during the school year, I know they'll be gone for a straight seven hours and it's like, I don't have to worry about them. I don't get texts and calls and all of that, that I do in the summertime, (laughs)
0: So yeah, that I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I have to say I'm ready. I feel the same way. I like, I always miss the schedule by the time school comes around again, but then I also realize how much I don't miss the emails and already my email inbox yes. is filling up with all the things that I have to, you know, cause he's going into yes. middle school. So it's this new school and all these new orientations and this and that. And it's oh, just right. like, it's, it's a little overwhelming, but then there is also the idea of like maybe a slightly earlier bedtime so my husband and I can have a conversation again because right. I feel like I haven't been able to talk to him like all summer long because that's like, so true you know, I'm yeah, going to bed before I'm, everybody you. else usually. Yeah, and, that's
1: the thing too. It's like in the summer, the kids often are up later. I want to go to bed and I'm like, well, you all just go to bed so that I could, it could be quiet around here. Like it, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is very tricky. But that disclosing your age, which generation are you part of?
1: So I'm generation X. Which I think, I believe, and you can, maybe you've investigated this more than I, but I believe we're known as being the latchkey children, like that generation. (laughs) Yeah. And I do find that to be true, like for myself, when I was in fifth grade, my mom had stayed home with my sisters and I up until around when I was in fifth grade. And at that point, like she and my dad disagreed, like my dad liked having her home. She wanted to go back to work. They ended up, long story short, going through a divorce, and my mom went back to school, finished college, got a master's degree, and meanwhile, um, you know, after school care, my grandparents lived nearby, but my grandmother was a librarian at the local library, so I would go from school and walk to the library where I would just, like, do my homework, read a book, and Granny would sort of watch over us, like other kids were doing the same thing. So we would sit with our little crew and that was kind of like our babysitter where she was working, but like would check in on us, have us come in her office and get a JR, a Jolly Rancher. But that was kind of, that's how that's, that was my child care. <laughs> so it's funny that's you know, I very much fit that bill.
0: Yeah. I could see that too. My parents also were divorced. And so I was definitely like in charge of being a latchkey kid, but in charge of my Younger brother, and so now it's oh, right. so funny because this is the first summer that we've been able to grant my son like some freedom. Where like if I go and see yeah. a client, and I'm back in a couple hours, he's actually home on his own, and he's in charge of the dog too. So he's got like lot, you know, not walking the dog yeah. when we're not there, and but in the backyard, he's eleven. So he's going eleven. into oh, yeah. sixth grade age
1: for that. Like, yeah, getting, and he yeah. has
0: just blossomed with it, and I've realized like I. It's just like I'm my mind is blown of this idea of I don't have to be home at a certain time. Like I just, yeah. I've been doing isn't this for amazing? so long. It is, it's like, it's, it's like revolutionary. It's so freeing. I, know. I know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, okay. Well, if a client goes over a little bit, there isn't this race right. to get home and now on top of it, he'll be taking a school bus for the first time ever because he could walk to elementary school. And when we lived in the city, he just took the train with my husband. So yeah. now like the school bus is going to pick him up early wow. and it's going to drop him off. And if he stays That's late, like there's a late school bus. Oh, I know, I'm just like, <laughs> I could work till five. This is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Would you describe how you parent similar or different than how you were parented? I would say it's different.
1: Like my mom is like, so, you know, and I mostly it was my mom because she was single parent for a good amount of time. And she was like the key kind of like the consistent figure all throughout. And she um, she was kind of like a dictatorship, like very strict, like more strict than any of my friends' parents. And she pushed all of us so hard. And we had a lot of expectations. Like you know, in school, like academically, everything. And my mom, I was afraid of my mom, like she parented by fear. Like I remember in high school, she used to hang articles about like bad things. Like she would hang articles about like, you know, kids who were drinking and then got hit by a train and she'd post the article on my mirror. So I'd get up in the morning and that's what I would see. And it was like, you know, just like, scaring me to death so that I would not do the things that you know could cause me to that to happen to I me mean, so my mom did a lot of that I think she she was maybe a little rebellious like she was one of four children and kind of the black sheep of the family she'll call herself and so I think my mom knew what she did as a kid and so she was like did not she was like didn't want you know me to do the, the things she did and so she was like very very strict and I think also just she had um because she was on her own for a lot of that time she um you know she she just kept a very tight ship so I think I'm a little more laid back as a parent and I'm I'm maybe not as um I don't know I'm I'm not as strict I'm not like I don't use fear as much of a tactic for parenting I guess so in that way it's different But also there's things that are similar too. like my mom was also very, you know, like she would sit down and have conversations with us and she was very loving and I and you know some of those, like, but those things I think I, I try to parent similarly she was never, you know, she would say she wasn't our friend, you know, like other, I think some of my friends, moms were more like they had more like a friendship and my mom. I remember her saying to me, she would say, you don't have to like me, you don't have to love me, but you will respect me, you know, Mm -hmm. that was her big thing whenever I was getting mouthy with her. And so she was very much like, I'm the mother, like, you know, you will, you will always respect me no matter what, and I'm not your friend, you know, so that, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. if I'd, I'm not really there yet. Like that was more, I remember in my teenage years. So it'll be interesting to see how I am with my daughters when they get to be the mouthy teenagers.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause that might be a lot different. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting because like, did she use that same tactic with all three of your siblings and did that work the same for everybody? Or was there somebody um, who had the rebellious streak that she did?
1: Yeah. The middle sister, she was a little more rebellious, but that's like, you know, that's just in comparison to the first and third. Like we all were pretty like good. Like we did not, we, we were all pretty well behaved, but I guess Sarah, my middle sister had a little bit, like she was, if, if we had to pick one, she would be the more rebellious. Like she you know, like I remember we were all expected to get A's. Like my mom didn't allow anything else. And that was like her, it was like a rule. And Sarah would like not turn in her, her paper and she'd have, you know, like she would get disqualified from cheerleading because she didn't turn in a paper she was supposed to do. And her grade would be low. And my mom, my mom worked in the school district, which didn't help. So she would always get the inside scoop from her. She had all the eyes on you. (laughs) It was so awful. Yeah. And she would, her best friend was the, was the, Um, football coach and we were all football cheerleaders. And so any like gossip that was going on, he would overhear in the locker room and he would tell my mom. So we had, I mean, she was very much like she knew exactly what we were doing and we had to be very careful. But then she was, she would be best friends with our friends. Like our friends, we had the coolest mom to all our friends. So they would tell her things and she was super cool to them, but it was different for us. Like we did not have the same, you know, she was not the cool mom to us you know, like it was different.
0: Wow. But was your house, the house that a lot of people wanted to hang out at then? Yes.
1: Well, we also lived across from the high school, like in our older years and my mom, you know, she loved that. Like she wanted us all there, wish she could keep a watch on us. So we had the most junk food, like that attracted a lot of kids. (laughs) Like my mom (laughs) always had like every, you know, and we're different there. Like I try to keep the cupboard a little more healthy and, but my mom had every junk food imaginable and that alone like attracted kids and then our proximity to the school. And we, we had every kid in town at our house always.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I just feel like times have definitely changed a lot too. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine trying to parenting to parent with fear right now, because you can't help but just have nothing but fear as a parent right now. Like, it's just there's right. a whole nother landscape. Like I made it through college yep. before there was ever a school shooting. Like, oh I don't even God. know what that's like in, in my education at all. So right. it's it's really interesting just, you know, when I think about the obstacles that, you know, we're up against as opposed to them and not that there weren't scary things yeah. happening then, but then also just the proximity to information. Like your mom had right. to cut out the article that had to go exactly. through the paper that was a day or two yeah. later and then post it as exactly. opposed to like getting the reminder <laughs> or the alert on your phone and then right. forwarding that, you know, and, but then the interesting thing too, is I don't, and I don't know, cause obviously like you see it through your own lens, but I don't remember there being as many anxious kids is I mm-hmm. hear people describe their own children as anxious now. And maybe it, this is just yeah. my own, you know, no, I'm just making totally this up. No, I totally
1: agree with you. I, yeah, very much so. So, it and is- I don't know if that's like something coming out of the pandemic or if that's just like the times we live in and like the fact that our kids have to have like the, the lockdown drills, which are terrifying. Like every time they do that, it just like rips my insides. I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that they have to do this and hide in a corner and be quiet. And they tell them like, there's a, you know, in case a deer gets loose and comes in for the little ones, it's like, oh my God, the fact that they have to do this, it's so upsetting. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And it's funny because no people would be like,
0: scared. well, we had to worry about, you know, like we had to do the atomic bomb drills, but that was this mm. weird thing that could possibly happen. And was it going to hit Northern yeah. Illinois and, you know, this kind of thing. Whereas like the lockdown drills we actually there was a a thing that happened at my school my son's school this year where like the electricity went out for a second and that triggered the lockdown drill. Like the announcement going on over and over, this is a lockdown. And at that exact time, the hall monitor had turned the corner because they were working in the hall. Anyway, so long story short, my son was one of three kids who sprang into action to get the kids inside the hall and to protect the kids, keep them away from the door, find the lock for the door. And my husband and I were just so conflicted about it because at the one point we were so proud of him for being a leader yeah. and for protecting people and for knowing right. how to do that. But then there was this other part of us that was like, Oh my God.
1: Oh my like, gosh. she's yeah, like oh, how, I know so hard. It, was, it
0: was so hard. <laughs> and then there were people that absolutely flipped out, you know, with the school and I was like, you know yeah. what, honestly, they're fifth grade, they're going into sixth yeah. grade. It, it was just like, you could never have that happen again. Like five right. things had to line up and all go wrong at the same time for this ever to happen again. Right. So you did know, the teachers not even know that this was happening?
1: Like, was it the a complete... teachers
0: didn't really realize either. And I guess the worst part, but his teacher had been at lunch and they were in the hall and there was a hall monitor. And so they okay. didn't have it. They didn't have an adult in their classroom. And I okay. guess that it, tripped the alarm and the alarm kept going off. This is a lockdown. This is a lockdown. This is a lockdown for, yeah, for however long it was. So I wound up like writing an email to the principal and just saying like, I know I'm biased because my child was one of the three, but could you please go into the classroom and congratulate these kids for springing into action, you know, and just tell them like, you know, thank you for being one of the people, you know, who it just took the initiative yeah, to do that. That's amazing. But it was yeah, it's just in like that, nothing like that could have happened. No, <laughs> when I, was I mean a kid. I guess it's it's a realistic
1: drill, right? <laughs> like it really is. Pre- it really is. If they're prepared. I mean hopefully obviously that now they never have to worry about that. But
0: I know, I know. It's it's it it does really change the calculus and how you do things and I think you figure out more and more because I remember in kindergarten when these were starting I was asking like well what is the language that you're using so we can mimic Mm -hmm. that language at home Mm -hmm. and like what do you because he wouldn't even bring it up like he was like oh this is just a part of school this is no big deal but like we knew you know it was happening because sometimes they would actually let us know it was happening so then it was like okay well what is the language around this so that we're mimicking that same language at home so it just seems you know Yeah.
1: It's so hard to prepare for. I have an, one of my daughters, one of my kids is, is very anxious. Like she has an anxiety diagnosis and she, her teacher like will give her a special heads up ahead of time and, and Mm. sit by like, let her sit by her during the drill. Like she's really afraid, like fire drills too, but the lockdown, the fire drill, but she's one of those kids that just, I mean, it, it causes her extreme anxiety when, when those things happen and she's, she worries about, you know, like big picture things that she shouldn't worry about as a as a nine year old. It's it's sad, but I think there are a lot of kids like her, and I don't know. Maybe it's the access to information they have. Like, you know, I'm not filtering everything that she's seeing and hearing, and they just well, and have, how can it's you? Much it's backwards.
0: everywhere like how can yeah. you you could go to any place and there's you know there's a tv on and then x and y thing or right i don't know you're just listening to the radio and x and y thing comes on i mean how how can you yeah you and know, there's do some kids that.
1: that are especially tuned into it and she's one of those and i know there's other kids like that who others it might just filter into the background but for her she zooms in on it and she listens to every detail
0: you know so that doesn't help her anxiety i'm sure can you describe the work that you do for those that may not understand how you help new families Um, So I'm a lactation consultant. I work
1: in private practice. Um, Prior, I do fully private practice now for about a year ago and six years before that, I also worked in the hospital. So I did both inpatient and outpatient breastfeeding support. But now I'm exclusively outpatient and um, I do home visits supporting parents and babies uh, with
0: breastfeeding
1: challenges and education.
0: What is your favorite thing about the work that you do?
1: Well, my very favorite thing is the babies. Like I'm a baby, I'm baby obsessed, which is why I have four babies. Um, (laughs) and I have always been baby obsessed. So I love, love, love the babies. So that's the biggest thing is just getting, I feel like I have the best job in the world that I get to like hold and snuggle babies, um, and see them. And I get my fix because my husband cut me off after four. He was like, (laughs) no more babies. I would have just kept going, but he was no more babies. Um, So I get my baby fixed, but, um, I also, it's just so fulfilling because, you know, like as a mom, we don't always get the thanks and the appreciation or as a wife, you know, I think my husband appreciates me, but he doesn't say it every day, you know, and my kids too. Like, I know they appreciate me and once in a while I'll get a little something that shows me that, but for the most part, you know, I feel like I work so hard as a mom and get like little love for that, but then in our, in the work that we do, I feel, you know, like I just get so much appreciation from the moms and it really fills my bucket, you know, that, that they are so grateful for just having the support and just being, getting to be part of such a special, um, you know, like bonding between the mother and baby and being all part of their, their journey is, you know, it's really special. So I, I find it very meaningful and rewarding
0: work. What is your biggest challenge with the work you do?
1: Um, the biggest challenge is probably just like separation of um, of work but and personal because it blends together. And that's something that, you know, uh, one part I liked about, Inpatient is that, you know, at the end of the day, I would go home and I and I was done with the day. And then I could like focus on my family, but I get really distracted, like, you know, because in private practice, I I give my phone number and I get a lot of texts and I feel responsible for, you know, oftentimes like I take on where I just feel responsible for their breastfeeding relationship. And if I get a text, I'll immediately feel like I need to respond. And I I'm just very passionate about it. And so that sometimes like interferes with my, um, my family, you know, just it's hard for me to sometimes put down my phone or just turn work off. Um, so I feel like I, I just have a hard time like separating the two, which isn't always the best in terms of like my just feeling like I'm always there for my kids or my family. It's hard for me to, to turn that off.
0: Yeah. It seems like it's the struggle of every working mom, right? Like this, the whole balance of it all. And then, you know, childcare at the same time. But I actually wound up seeing, um, a therapist for professional reasons, just to help me create some boundaries. And it being a therapist, she was like, Oh, yeah. you can't have these people text you. And so I actually only oh, really do email unless it's just texting to set up yeah. visits. And it has made a big That's deal. A I am idea. super <laughs> responsive on email, but yeah. I usually tell people and some clients don't like it and I don't blame them, but I'm just like, yeah. listen, I have a thousand text message I'm getting on my, on my own. And the problem right. is, is that it doesn't give me like a checklist or a to-do list like my inbox yeah. does. If I go back yeah. to my inbox, then I'm like, wait, I followed up with her. I haven't heard back. Or let me reround mm-hmm. on this one. I can leave her in there. Right. Let me just see if things are going okay. So it was just one I of those that. things that I had to figure out how to do. But I mean, at the time that you know, this person suggested it, I was like, that that's not even possible in my job. And she was like, anything's possible yeah. in any job. And then I was like, you know, therapist. And I'm like, Oh,
1: right. I guess you're no, it's, right. it's interesting just to hear how other people do things. Cause it's like, you don't, it's not obvious. And then you're like, Oh yeah. Like, why don't I do that? Like, why don't I set those boundaries?
0: Well, and it's really hard yeah. too, because you're also trying to run a business. So it's not just right. providing the care. So there's a whole lot that goes into that. Oh yeah. Did you work <laughs> with a doula or a lactation consultant prenatally or postpartum? I didn't, but I wish I did.
1: The only time, so I didn't, I just didn't know it existed. I had so many questions. <laughs> I'm very type A and I knew not, you know, like I, my mom was a big breastfeeding advocate and so she was very supportive, but she did it, you know, 30 years before that. So she did not, you know, other than being like morally, you know, supportive, she didn't, she couldn't really like help me, help me. Um. So at least I had that, but I, but you know, I didn't, I had questions that I would ask my, I'd make a list of questions and I would ask the OB and then I would have a list of questions and I'd ask the pediatrician and I was like, well, who can answer these questions? And I wasn't really getting any, you know, the answers that I was looking for. Like no one was really that knowledgeable about it, but I don't know. I did not know that like I could, call it lactation consultant. That didn't really dawn on me until like, as I made some mom friends and I heard about others using lactation consultants. Um, It wasn't until my son was about four months old and I felt like everything was, you know, I, we got the hang of it and, and we had a generally like good breastfeeding experience. I was able to, you know, to get by. Okay. But then at four months I felt like it all fell apart and I don't even remember the specific issues, but at that point I called a lactation consultant and, um, who later ended up being my mentor for five years. I followed her around. Um, but she was, she was so kind and supportive and she didn't, whatever my issues were to her were minor and it was enough. She just talked to me through over the phone and I didn't even end up having a consultation with her, but, um, she provided me with like so much reassurance and peace. And I was just so grateful. And, I think that was like the start of what started to get me interested in going into doing what I'm doing now. Um, just knowing that there was someone out there that could help in that way, but um, I wish I had known about her sooner. And then, of course, once I started the studying lactation, once I had my first baby when he was nine months old, so then by the time I had my um, second, third, and fourth, I was, I had. A lot of other lactation consultants I was around and I had my mentor ask questions and to provide support at that time. So I did have professional support in that way for the subsequent babies.
0: Yeah. It's always interesting to keep in mind just how much just listening to people makes such a big difference to them. Like we feel like we have to go in and fix so many things, but sometimes it's just providing just the space for somebody just to kind of just talk. Yeah. And let it all, that's all she did.
1: And, and I was so grateful. I'm like, can I pay you? Like, what can I do? And she was just, and she was just, I forgot what she said, but the answer was no. Like she just it was a short little conversation, but it provided me like with so much peace that I was Mm -hmm. just like, my gosh, she's a miracle. She's my, my lactation angel.
0: (laughs) So yeah. Did you always want to be a parent?
1: Always. Yes. I like, since the time I was a little girl, like that was always what I wanted to be a mom. Um, so my, um, I am the oldest of three girls, like I said, and I remember when my parents went through their divorce when I was, I was about nine, I think when they got divorced and, um, my dad, I love my dad. He's awesome. But he, you know, he's, he's a farmer. He's a really hard worker. He, you know, much of like my childhood, I just remember he would leave before I woke up and then he'd get home at 10 o'clock from being in the fields and I would like unlace his boots for him. And he was, you know, he wasn't around as much as my mom was. And so, um, but like when they got divorced, I remember my mom put like all the responsibility on me when we were with my dad, because he didn't have experience with parenting. He got it, you know, once they were divorced and we would go stay with him and he learned. But at the, at that time, it's like, I was expected to be like the little mom. And I, and I very much like embraced that responsibility and I loved nurturing and taking care of my sisters. And my dad didn't know how to cook. Like I, I remember he only had a microwave and, So I would make all the food. He had this tiny little like orange grill that he would grill like chicken. And then I would make everything else in the microwave. So I learned, you know, how to, but anyway, I like, that was very much a natural role for me, but I, I've always loved like, you know, just, and and babysitting. Like I've always, I had a very thriving, like little babysitting business. I, I've always loved kids and, and always like pictured myself being a parent.
0: At what age of your child do you think you really start parenting them? Um, I would say like once they, um,
1: like I remember, I think it was maybe around 18 months when, um, they start getting opinions of their own and having, you know, like, you know, just at that, at that time, I just remember the frustration of they know what they want, but they don't know how to express it. Like they can't use the language yet in order to express it, but I guess just when I felt like once my kids ha- started having ideas of their own and I might have to like educate or redirect or have some negotiations going on. But I feel like to me, maybe that starts like once, like 18 months, I don't know, two years when, they, when they start to have ideas. Yeah, that is
0: really hard. It's a hard question. In a way
1: you're a parent, like, from, I mean, you are from the beginning, but In the beginning, like it's kind of more one-sided, I
0: guess. (laughs) Because they're kind of in charge, even though you can't let them know that. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Do you have to parent your children differently? And if so, how?
1: Yeah, so there's definitely subtleties with all the kids, like just kind of understanding what motivates them. You know, what um, what works in terms of consequences. So there's like minor differences kid to kid, just based on their personalities. And but um, there's a definite like what I found with with my number one, two, and four is that generally like general par- parenting tactics work. You know, like punishment, reward. I did things like palm jars where they, you know, when they were younger, where they would collect palms for um, good behavior, doing good things, and then they would lose them if they did something bad. And then when the palm jar was full, they would um, win a prize. We'd go to five below and they would get to pick a prize. And so that like worked for them. They, They generally are pretty generally obedient children Um, but then my third she was a different um, very different like the things that worked for all of them did not work for her and so and I knew that like from a young age like we struggled with parenting her like from the time she was a toddler and so for her like we sought out professional support Um, we've we've we we went to she's highly sensitive um, and She just we have to be so gentle in how we deliver things and we have to just take a different approach with her because harsh punishment and rewards just don't work with her. And she generally is oppositional. So um, we she's been our biggest challenge. Like if I had to quantify it, I feel like 90 percent of our time is spent on parenting her and the others are just kind of easy in comparison. Hmm. If I only had those 3, like I I maybe wouldn't feel that way because it's not like they're super easy, but I guess in comparison. So she's been, you know, our she has so many amazing qualities because of her sensitivity. Um she she's our one who's more anxious, but she she just feels she she's so emotional, which can be really beneficial. She's so empathetic. Um she's very kind and just, you know, but She's also the hardest to parent just because of her strong feelings. Um, And just the way she operates is totally different than the other three.
0: Mm, Yeah, that sounds like it's a lot of uh, negotiating and everything. (laughs) What is your most embarrassing parenting moment?
1: Um, One of the things that stands out for me, um, I'm sure there's many others, but um, something that comes to mind is when... Um, when my youngest was still in preschool and my other three were in, were in, you know, elementary school and the schools are across, across the street from each other. Um, so it was Halloween and Halloween is so chaotic as a parent, like just the kids are really wound up. They're so excited for dressing up and for the school party and then trick-or-treating at night in our town. It's all, it all happens the day of, no matter if it's a Monday or Saturday, um, and so the kids were really wound up. And so, and I have always taken on the room parent role for, I started it with my son and then I've, I've taken on that lead room parent role for all my kids, because what I do for one, I feel like I have to do for the others. And so I was running around like crazy, like during the school day, I was, um I, I, you know, was getting the, I remember doing like you know making this like slime inside the like all these all these games and projects at home like i was up late the night before putting together, like making pasta so they could put their hands and touch the brains and grapes and peeling off the skin of the grapes so they'd feel the <laughs> eyeballs. Like these kind of like ridiculous things that I spent my whole night working on. And I wake up tired and then dealing with like all the craziness of the Halloween day. And so um I went and did all my room parenting and and I I bounced from classroom to classroom and got all the parties underway. And then I was walking home, you know, we live a few blocks from the school, from the elementary school From the preschool, and you pass by the preschool on your way on our way home. And so, I was walking with my three oldest children and just like passed by the preschool. And then it dawned on me that my preschooler was done with school like three hours before, and I just completely forgot about her. Like, (laughs) I didn't, I just, I like, I didn't, I it's like, they never called you or anything. No, somebody would have been like, um, hell. (laughs) <laughs> no one called me they didn't, And this was the thing that her, their preschool, like, I love them so much. Like we were there for a total of eight years. And that was my fourth child that I had had there. And so, and the, the director of the preschool, like lives in my neighborhood and they're so nurturing and so sweet. And so I, my heart just dropped and I was like, oh my gosh, I have forgotten about my, my baby. Like I completely forgot about her. And so we, I, I grabbed the kids and I'm like, we, they were getting loading into the minivan and I pulled them all out and I'm like like, we need to go to the school. And they're like, why? What? And I'm like, we have to get Keller. And they're like, what? So we went inside and the school is completely dark and sitting like right when I walked in, my heart's like pounding. And I'm like, where is she? Like what? You know? And so I walked in and the director was sitting there in the dark on a bench, like reading a book to her. And she's like, we've had the best time together. And I'm like, why didn't you call me? And she's like, well, I know what Halloween is like. And I know you have all the other kids. And I figured you were just busy. So we've had a great day together.
0: Like, oh my, oh my gosh, god you're so lucky. I know.
1: I know. I was like, I felt so bad. And I was just like, I am the worst mom ever. And it was it I just felt awful, but then so appreciative, obviously, of this kind, kind woman who just like, you know, took care of my daughter just all day. Loves long. kids and just yes. wanted to hang
0: out with one of it them. That's so sweet. That's yeah. quite the story. I will tell you. Uh, that is quite the story. If you had friendships uh, when your children were babies, how important are those to you now and do you still keep in touch?
1: Um, I do. So when I remember when I had my first, um, my first, I had every intention of going back to my marketing job. So prior to becoming a lactation consultant, I worked in um, marketing for consumer packaged goods. So I worked at PepsiCo on the Quaker oatmeal brand. And I loved my job. I loved my career. I, um, I, you know, I had every intention of going back. And then when I had this, tiny little baby, I just felt so conflicted. And I was having I have a lot of anxiety myself. And I just could not I couldn't figure out like how to make all this work. And I was so overwhelmed. Um, I'm so grateful now to see that, you know, especially the silver lining of the pandemic is that now um, I'm seeing so many more uh, parents who have longer leaves and, um, and they can transition in, like do some working remotely, or at least in the beginning, they can do some working remotely. I attempted to do that. I was like, can I, you know, work? Can I do a job share? Can I come back part time? Can I do, can I just ease in? And they were like, no, 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 no. We've tried all that. Nothing, none of that has worked. And so it's like all or nothing kind of a thing. And so I was, it was so hard for me, but I ended up resigning from my my marketing job. um, And then but I was terrified of the idea of being at home with this baby all day long. And like, what am I going to do? And I'm a very like, go, 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 like structure kind of person. And I'm like, what do I do like at home with this baby all day long? And so my husband was really supportive. And he he set me up with like all these classes, like music classes and um, and mom's groups, you know, like there was North Side Parent Network. I don't know, I think now it's it's called something different. Um, but I would lived in the city at the time. Now we're in the suburbs. But um he set us up with with my son and I up with these like these groups. And so I met a lot of really um really nice uh women who were a lot of them were in a similar kind of boat as me, um, like just conflicted about just like the having this new baby and how do I make the work-life balance and how do I manage this all? So I ended up like meeting a lot of really great people that I connected with and I'm still in touch with now. And now it's more like um, like maybe a quarterly, like we all get together and go to dinner um, kind of thing. Like with my city group that I met when my son was born. Um, but I have one particular friend who I especially connected with. She worked in software sales and was feeling equally as conflicted as me. And the two of us, um, we did a lot of like sitting around nursing our babies together and trying to figure out what our next step was. And we together, um, we, we had this dream of going into a lactation consulting partnership together in the city. And then it turned out, she moved to London and I moved to the Western suburbs. And so we We did um, do our, it took us five years, but we did do all of our, um, we did all that education together. We sat for the board exam together and then we have collaborated ever since. So I talk to her very frequently. We're still very close and we constantly are sharing ideas and, you know, she does have her practice in London and I have mine here, but we're always like sharing resources and collaborating. Um, So she's like my special mom friend that we met at Bubbles Academy, like a music class when my son was four weeks old and her son was eight weeks old. And now they're, they're still best friends. They just visited last week and the, and they're, the boys are still very close, even though they live many miles apart. Yeah. So, that's great. Yeah, I
0: remember yeah. her. Cause the first time I met you was at that conference Oh and yeah. she was there, right? You, yeah. Cause I remember there was Houston, somebody there that lived we met, in London. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Her name's Heidi and Heidi and I, all, we do try to do like the educational like conferences together. And so we'll meet and we've met in Indianapolis. We've met in Houston. Like she'll come in from London because there's, we have, you know, lots of good opportunities here for learning. And then that gives us an excuse to like go stay in a hotel together and have, have, you know, a little side vacation. Yeah, while we're exactly. Also learning. Have a
0: girl's trip. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. That's fantastic. really close. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. What do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? Um, so like what
1: I find is, I don't know, like this sounds really negative, but it's like parenting by Instagram, like so many things, like, especially just working with moms, like they, they, they it, there's all these like little, little, um, snippets of information that you get on Instagram and, so whether it's a lot of it like that stands out to me is about sleep. You know, like sleep is such a hot topic among new moms. Like, how do I get more sleep? And I totally understand because I was there too. It's like, I'm exhausted. Like, how do I get more sleep? So there's a lot of information about sleep or about feeding or about, you know, for the the little ones, um, or even like where I am and the the people I follow, like I'll I'll get tips and things, but The thing that makes me nervous about it is it's out of context and it's like, you know, and it's something that's maybe like appeals to the masses, but not something specific to you. So sometimes it's like, I feel like in terms of like babies and feeding, sometimes I'm correcting misinformation or something that isn't, it's, it's taken out of context and it might not. So that, you know, it's so great in so many ways. Like I love these little snippets of information because we live in a very fast paced world and it's like helpful to have all these little, you get a little bit of information without having to read the whole book. So it's great for a lot of things, but then in other ways it can be, you know, a little concerning because it's of like what I mentioned.
0: Yeah. And not everything's one size fits all. And that's the hard part right. about it. You know, yeah. every, every baby's different. Right. Yeah. What have your children taught you the most about being a parent? Um, (laughs)
1: patient, like the, the, you know, I, like I've mentioned, I'm, I naturally, my natural, um, way is to be very type a and very structured and through parenting, like over my 14 years, I feel like I've loosened up tremendously. Like I've gotten so much more laid back and, and I've, I've gotten better at just kind of prioritizing like what what's really important and what's not, like in being a parent. Um, and so I've let go of a lot of things that I think I would have used to think were really important. And I'm like, oh, eh, they're not really that important. And it helped it's helped me to prioritize and focus on the things that really matter and let go of some of the things that really don't matter at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It really realigns your priorities quite a bit. And then yeah, it depends on each sure. child too. For
1: mm-hmm. our final
0: question, what is your biggest parenting advice to share with new parents? Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, like
1: in terms of you know, like like being new new parents um, with babies, something that a friend told me um when I was becoming a parent, um, he said, you know and they were apparent. they were parents a year before we were. So they were just kind of like giving us as the baby's coming, like their, their advice. And, and my friend James told me like, you know, you think the baby's going to come and you're just going to fit them into your life, but it's a, but it doesn't work that way. Like it's a, it's a different life and it's really like, you have to realize the baby's in charge. And so like, initially I feel like I fought and kicked and screamed about that with my firstborn because I wanted everything to be by the book and I wanted it to go the way I wanted to go and I wanted to maintain control. And it didn't really work for me. And then what I found is it worked better for me to just kind of and I was less stressed when I with the second through the fourth to let to just let things naturally unfold and let the baby kind of guide me. And because the baby's operating on instinct and not reading all the books and, you know, and that worked a lot better for me. So as a new parent, like that would be my advice is just the kind of like, let, you know, let the baby be in charge and let things kind of naturally unfold. Um, and not try so hard to, you know, do everything perfect and follow all the rules in the books. um, And, you know, and then in general, I think like, you know, just bigger picture, just taking taking in all the information and we have, like we talked about earlier, so much access to information and there's so much coming at us and every, you know, all the time, but like taking that all in. And then at the end of the day, just like following your parent instinct and, you know, like taking it all with a grain of salt, like a little from here, a little from there, like listen to your mom and your mother-in-law and your, you know, your, whatever books you're reading and what you're seeing on Instagram. But then at the end of the day, it's like, you know, apply your own, just, you you know, parenting instinct and do what, what works best for you and your
0: family. Um, and yeah, I guess that kind of applies for all ages. I totally agree. It's very hard as a new parent to trust yourself and to trust Mm -hmm. your instincts. But at the same time, you know, your, your gut is not going to let you down, but it's hard to get past the filter of information to just feel. And that's, that's very, very hard. Well, we are out of time. Thank you again for joining us for episode 19 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I forgot to add earlier recording on August 3rd, 2023. And thank you to our guest, Vanessa Prince of VP Lactation. Thank you, Vanessa. Thanks, Lisa.